Bibles this morning. Go with me to Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews chapter number 6. And I want to give you what the Lord's placed on our heart. Hebrews chapter number 6. And I believe the Lord's got a word for us. And I pray God to help us. Hebrews chapter number 6. And uh, Sister Teresa got up and sung that second song. And uh, she got to talking about that he's the captain uh, through the storms. And uh, little did she know, but God knew, what I was going to preach on this morning. Amen? And uh, I sure do thank God uh, that uh, He has a way of arranging the services. Amen? And so I pray that you listen this morning. God will help you. It's my prayer this morning, if you don't know the Lord, before you leave this property today, that will be different. Amen? Amen? If you're not right with God this morning, it's my prayer. That before you leave today, you'll be right with Him. Amen. If you're struggling this morning, get burdens, I pray God to give you grace to help you today. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 6. I want to begin reading in verse number 13. And we're going to read down to the end of the chapter, Hebrews chapter number 6. Verse 13 of chapter 6 says this, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater... He swear by himself. Verse 14 saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee. Multiplying, I will multiply thee. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and oh, for confirmation is to them at the end of all strife. Wherein God willing, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, Amen. we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Listen to verse 19. This will be our text. Which hope, we have as an anchor of the soul, Amen. both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest, for even after the order of Melchizedek. Look back with me at verse number 19. This is where we'll get our thought at this Bless morning. The where the Bible says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. If God be my helper, I want to take that phrase where it says an anchor of the soul. And this is what I want to preach on. The anchor holds Amen. despite the storm. Right. The anchor holds despite the storms. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus, as we come before you this morning. Dear God, we do thank you for how we feel your presence in this place. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for how I, I feel you moving within my soul even right now. God, I thank you for that. Lord, your presence makes all the difference in the world. And Lord, I do thank you, dear God, for this place. I thank you, dear God, for your word. I thank you, dear God, for your people that have made their way uh, to the house of God here this morning. And Lord, I realize that, God, I can do nothing within and of myself uh, to help anybody here. But oh, Lord, if you'd speak through me this morning as your willing vessel, God, I pray you'd use me in a great and a mighty way. Lord, I realize that you could do this without me, but God, I sure am glad uh, that you saw fit to use me. I pray, God, that you help each listener. God, you know the needs. You know the heart. And I pray, God, you touch. We pray you give fruit during the invitation time. Help your people. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you the glory for what you do now. In your son's sweet name, we ask these things. 
Amen and amen. The anchor holds in spite of the storms. When you come to the book of Hebrews, you'll find that the writer of Hebrews is writing to those, those Jews, and he is, you begin to study the book of Hebrews, you'll find that there's seemingly a phrase that seems to be repeated over and over again uh, through the book of Hebrews. And it's that which signifies to the believer that the Lord Jesus is greater. When you begin to study out the book of Hebrews, the writer is writing to let those Jews know that they're no longer under the law, uh, but they're under grace. And he goes back and he talks about how it was to live under the law and how it was uh, to live under that Levitical priesthood and how that it was difficult uh, for the child of God. But then he goes on and talks about uh, that we've got a new and living hope. Uh, that we've got a better way. He talks about those Old Testament priests and talks about how uh, that they went in behind the veil. But then he comes in the book of Hebrews and tells us uh, that we've got a greater high priest uh, than those Old Testament high priests. Amen. He talks about the sacrifices. And he tells us that though the Old Testament sacrifices uh, could not do away with sin, he said it just could cover them. He said, but we've got a better sacrifice. That thank God 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Somebody say amen. Our blessed bloodstained Redeemer, our ultimate sacrifice died on the cross for our sins, but not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. I don't know about y'all, but no matter what you put Jesus up to, He's greater. You can put Him up against the greatest leaders, He's greater. You can put Him up against the greatest soldier, He's better. You can put Him up against anybody, He's better than the rest. He's in the league all by Himself. Listen, He's never struck out. He's never fouled, tipped the ball. He's never accidentally swung. But thank God somebody help me. He's about in a thousand this morning because there just simply ain't nobody better than Jesus. Now in chapter 6, he begins to tell the believer, since we have this greater faith, since we have this greater sacrifice, since we have this greater high priest, he said we shouldn't stop and come up short. He said we shouldn't be dull of hearing. He said that we ought to walk by faith. Why should we walk by faith, preacher? Because we've got a better way. Amen? Can I say to the child of God this morning, it ain't time to quit. It ain't time to throw the towel in. I can see the finish line. It's just inside. We're close to getting home. And listen, child of God, we've got everything the Lord Jesus has given us. We've got everything to be able to finish this race. We've got everything that's needed to be a good soldier. We've got everything that's needed as a child of God to be able to endure to the end. The anchor holds this morning. Yeah. Despite of the storms. I wish I could tell you this morning that storms were fake, but somebody help me this morning, storms are real. But ain't you glad though in spite of the storms, the anchor still holds? Now I want to give you three reasons in this text. And I believe we can see the anchor holds in spite of the storms. First of all, I want to say the anchor holds in spite of the storms because the promises that are unbreakable. The promises that are unbreakable. Is anybody that's familiar with your Bible, could you agree with me this morning, this book is full of promises. I believe there's over 5,600 promises within the pages of this Word of God. 
Can I say to you, when we begin to study these Scriptures, when we begin to look throughout the Word of God, we find promise after promise after promise after promise. And I want to say I am thankful this morning uh, that thank God all the promises that are found within this Word, though there may be over 5,600 of them, somebody help me, not one of them has ever been broken by the Lord Jesus. These promises are unbreakable. I want you to look with me at verse number 18. Listen to this. It says, verse 18, that by two immutable things it was it which is was impossible for God to lie. Amen. For God to lie. Right. You know what that lets you know right there? That God cannot lie. Amen. Oh, I wish I had somebody this morning help me preach. Go Hear ahead. me this morning. God cannot lie. And can I say to you, unfortunately, I'll be honest with you in this flesh, there have been times that I said I was going to do something and somebody helped me, I wasn't able to do it. There's been times that I let people down. There's been times I gave somebody my word and you know what? Through through my ignorance, through my forgetfulness, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. But I want to go on record and say I'm glad that our precious Lord is not like we are. But thank God His promises, promises, all of them true from Genesis and Revelation. Our God has done exactly what He said He would do. I want to say thank God for all those that have come and all those that could go. Let me say we go to the graveyard. We can pull up everybody and ask them and say, has God ever lied to you? Go and you know what they'd say? Not one time. We go back and ask Abraham, has God ever lied to you? Go He'd ahead, say, no, Paul. not one time. Bless we go ask Moses. Moses, has God ever lied to you? He'd say, no, not one time. We'd go ask Elijah. Elijah, has God ever lied to you? He'd say, no, not one time. Can I say to you, go ask Paul and ask the Apostle Paul, has God God ever lied to you? He'd say, no, uh, no, not one time. And can I just say to you this morning, I'll ask myself and I'll answer for myself. God has not ever one time ever lied to me. Amen. Well, God is true to His Word. And then all of a sudden the writer, when he talks about the God that cannot lie, he goes back to an Old Testament saint. Yeah. And he pulls him up. Uses the writer to talk about a man by the name of Abraham. And you go back in Genesis, starting in Genesis 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 22, all the way up to the point Abraham dies. Bless the Lord. You know what you're going to find out? God gave some promises to Abraham. Yeah. I found He gave him a sevenfold promise. Listen to this. I noticed when I talked about, when I think about Abraham, the promises that God gave him. He told Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Yes, he, did. he told him, secondly, he said, I'm going to bless you. He said, I'm going to make your name great. And then he said, hey, I'm going to make you a blessing. And then he said this, he said, I'm going to bless your seed. Yeah. And this is what he went on to say, and I'm going to curse them that curse your seed. Bless the Lord. And then he went on to say this, he said, all, he said, all the histories of the families will be blessed through him. Huh. Now let me just ask you a question. That first one, he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Right. I wonder if anybody could help me this morning and say God did that. Amen. Because there ain't never been a great thank God for America, but when it comes to the nation of Israel, there ain't never, ever will be a greater nation than that of Israel. Amen. Amen. And can somebody help me this morning? God made Abraham's seed to be a great nation. Right. How about this? Can somebody help me? He not only made him a great nation, but he blessed him. 
Can anybody say amen that God blessed Abraham? Let me ask you this. Can anybody say amen that God kept His promise when He said, I'm going to make your name great? You know what? I don't know how many years ago it's been since Abraham's been gone. But you know what we're doing this morning? We're still talking about it. Amen. You know what? You go, you go ask people. You ain't going to find too many people don't know about Abraham. No. You know why? Because God kept His Word. And He made His name great. I want to say I'm glad. Thank God. God will do exactly what He said He would do. Let me ask you this. God not only made His name great, but can anybody say amen? God kept His promise when He said, I'm going to make Abraham a blessing. Did He not make him a blessing? Oh, He made him a blessing. All right. How about this? He said, I'm going to bless them that bless you. Yes. Can anybody say amen to this? Great. You be good to Israel, God be good to you. Amen. But then he goes on and says this, if you curse Israel, if you curse him, yeah. I'll put a curse upon you. Let me just say it like this. Can anybody say amen to this one? You better not mess with Israel. Amen. And y'all do realize the closer we get to the end of this thing, Go ahead. that all nations are going to rise up against Israel. Yes, they are. And they're going to turn their back on Israel. Bless you all. Hear me? And then listen, you go ahead and look at what's going on in this world. And they all got their eye on Israel. You know why? Oh, because they try to figure out who that land belongs to. They all go on record and say, I don't need a politician. Oh, tell me who that land belongs to. I don't need a law to tell me who that land belongs to. I got the King James Bible. Amen. Thank God God's already told us that that land belongs to Israel. It don't listen. It don't belong to Muhammad. It don't belong to Muhammad. It don't belong to Buddha. It don't belong to you. It don't belong to I. But God gave that land to Israel. Preacher, brother. Can I tell you something this morning? You better not mess with Israel. No, that's right. This is what he said. Mm. He caused God by saying this. All the nations mm. will be blessed just by knowing you. Yeah. Can I just say this this morning? We're blessed by knowing about Israel. Amen. Can I tell you this? Israel gave us our Bible. Bless your heart. Go ahead. You ready for this? Israel gave us our Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest things you and I have this morning came from Israel. Amen. And I want to say, thank God, God kept His word. And that's what the writer was saying. He was saying, look, go back and look at Abraham. Every promise I ever made him, that I kept. Amen. Well, we find, he starts talking about how he made promises with Abraham. But then he goes on in verse 17. And he says this. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel confirmed it by an oath. That word immutability means unchanging. So this is what it says. It says that God made a promise yes. to Abraham. And He kept that promise. Yeah. You know the reason why God is able to keep promises this morning? Go ahead, Paul. Because He don't ever change. Amen. God never changes. This is the ability. He don't ever change. I wish I had somebody to say amen about this morning. Our God is not a fair weather God. He don't come in and he's not a bad mood. Next minute he's in a good mood. He's not one minute up, next minute down. But he's the same 24 7. Thank God, I'm glad he's perfect with everything he does because he's an immutable God. Right. This is what he did. You go over there and you read in Genesis 15. He tells Abraham, yeah. I'm going to give you a promise. Mm. That all the nations are going to be blessed by you. He said, I'm going to bring the seed through you. That's going to be the bloodline of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Abraham's looking at God, listening to God, leaning on God, living by God. Yeah. This is what God does. Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant with you. Mm. I'm going to make a covenant with you. This is what I'm going to make your promise. 
I'm going to do exactly what I'm going to do. Thank you. And you know what? You go study the Bible, you'll find out that there was three types of binding covenants in the Bible. You'll find out there's a salt covenant. I ain't got time to go into all that. But you'll find out in the book of Chronicles, the Lord made a salt covenant with David uh, that his seed would be upon the throne. Yeah. Then you find out there's not only a salt covenant, but you find out there's a shoe covenant. Go read the book of Ruth. You'll find out oh, when the kids were redeemed, he was going to redeem somebody. He would pluck off his shoe and he would give it to the other person. And that shoe oh, would be a promise that that person to bank off that that man who gave me the shoe was going to keep his word. Bless but then there was the shame covenant. What's that? Stay with me now. That shedding covenant was, let's use me and Brother Donnie, for instance. If me and Brother Donnie was going to go into a covenant with one another, we were going to make a promise to one another. A binding promise. This is what we're saying. Brother Donnie, I'm going to make a promise to you. I'm going to do this. Brother Donnie would say, all right, Brother Paul, I'm going to make a promise to you. I'm going to do this. And what we would do is we would go into a covenant with one another. And what we would do is he would go get some of his lambs. I'd go get some of my lambs. Bless the Lord. And we would, he would sacrifice his lambs. And I'd sacrifice my lambs. And this is what we do. He would put his lambs on the left side. And I'd put my lambs on the right side. And there would be a little pathway in between those lambs. And this is what we do. Me and brother, me and brother Donnie would hold hands. And not four of me hold hands. Somebody say that. This Bless the Lord. And me and brother Donnie would hold hands. And we'd walk in between those sacrifices. And this is what we're saying. We're making a covenant with each other. That we're going to keep our promise one to another. And I'm telling Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie, if I don't keep my end of the deal, you're not, you're not responsible to keep your end of the deal. It was a binding covenant. And we would walk through those sacrifices. And I was promising to him. And he was promising to me that we were going to keep our end of the deal. Bless you, Lord. There's a problem I find in that text. Chapter 15. Go home and read it. Abraham's getting ready to walk with God through those sacrifices. Right. Bless the Lord. But the Bible says a deep sleep fell on Abraham. Mm -hmm. And Abraham had a great sorrow and he fell asleep. And all of a sudden, Abraham wakes up. And he's rubbing his eyes. And he sees God walking through those sacrifices by himself. Bless the Lord. And Abraham's thinking, I thought me and him was making a promise to each other. And God looks back to Abraham and says, Abraham, I'm making you a promise. Mm -hmm. And it ain't going to be based on you keeping your end of the deal. But it's going to be based on me keeping my end of the deal. Amen. And you know the reason why God was walking alone? Because God didn't need nobody else to walk with. Bless and you. this is what God was telling Abraham. Abraham, the promise I'm making on you to you, it ain't going to be based on how good you are. No. It ain't going to be based on if you do your end of the deal. Bless but Abraham, I'm making you a promise according to myself that I'm going to do exactly what I said I'm going to do. It wasn't based on what Abraham did, but it was solely based on what God did. And can I tell you what Abraham found on that day? That God was going to keep his word by himself. Amen. You know, when we, if you go to the court, they'll give you the Bible. They call to the stand, you put your hand on that Bible, and you say, I swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, yeah. so help me God. Mm. You know the reason why you put your hand on that Bible? It's because there's no one greater you can swear to than the Lord. That's right. There's nobody greater than the Lord. Amen. And you know what the Bible says? Well, he can swear nobody by no greater. He swore by himself. Right. You know the reason why? God can't go find nobody better than him. Because ain't nobody better than him. Yeah, ain't you glad your King James Bible didn't say when he can swear by no greater, he swore by the homie? No, oh, when he can swear by no greater, he swore by Mary? When he can swear by no greater, he swore by the church? But when he comes to the Lord, I say when he can swear by no greater, 
God. Amen. Can I say to you the reason why the anchor holds? Because yeah. God keeps His promises. Right. Amen. Can I say to you, God ain't let you down. No. Oh, hear me this morning. God ain't let you down. No, oh, God's true to His word. He never said this would be easy. He never said this would be a walking apart. But He did tell us, though you might go through the valley, Bless I'll Lord. never leave you. God will save you. Though you might have to go to the funeral home, I'll be right there by your side until your worst nightmare comes true. I'll hold you till the storm passes by. Hey, Mike. And I say, King, my God is still good in spite of it all. Thank you, Lord. And though the world looks crazy, our God is still a God of His word. I wish I had somebody help me. Hey, I said, God is still true to His word. Hey, Mike. That's the reason why I don't like when anybody goes messing with my Bible. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. You know why? Because I'm facing my life on this book. Yeah. I'm raising my kids on this book. I'm living my life by this book. Listen. I want to say I'm glad I get in the Word of God. And I find out He says He'll never leave me. I don't forsake me. That does something for me that alcohol don't do. Right. That the drugs don't do. Amen. That the things of this world don't do. When I get my Bible, when I get in that Bible, it does something for me. That's the reason why the devil fights you so hard when you try to get into it. Yeah, he does, Paul. Hey, amazing. You want to be sleepy. You start saying, thank goodness. I'm going to read my Bible. And you open my Bible. I'm all sleepy. Oh, word. Yeah. Woo. Bless him, Lord. That's the reason why when you sit down and read it, all of a sudden a thousand things pop up in your mind, things you need to do. Bless you, Lord. You know why? Because that's the devil trying to keep you from getting that word. Yeah. God, just say to you, hear me, hear me well. Yes. There ain't nothing that's more important than that book. Bless you, Lord. That's why I'm glad. That's the reason why you need to get in it every day. Somebody hear me. Bless That's the reason why you need to be in it every day. It's not because listening makes you better, but it lets you realize how good He is. How your world's fall apart. You can get in that Bible, find a promise, and that promise will hold you through until the storm passes by. Hey, Mike. Now, I tell you this morning, I don't have a lot of answers. Go ahead, brother. I've had people ask me, which is what this? Yeah. And I'll be honest, the best answer I can give them is I just don't know. I See, wish I could tell them but when I got all the answers, no, but I don't. Okay. Go ahead. I don't. Hear me this one. I don't got answers. No. Oh, I wish I had some, but I got some answers. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't have a lot of answers. Listen. Oh, I should have got a lot of anchors. Yeah. And I tell them, I say, I don't know how, but I can say this. I can say God's going to see you through it. God's going to lead you through it. God will keep you. God will take you. God will make you. I don't understand why it's happening. But I can say this, that God, I said our God, says not lie. Amen. The anchor holds in spite of the storms because of the promises that are unbreakable. Right. The reason why the anchor holds is because God keeps His Word. Thank you, Lord. Secondly, not only did we find the reason why the anchor holds in spite of the storm, not only because God keeps His promises, the promises are unbreakable. I love this because the provisions that are unshakable. He says in verse 19, He said, Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. Bless the Lord. See, the writer of Hebrews knew when he was painting this word picture that if there was anything that those Hebrew believers would know about, they'd know about ships. I mean, you can't think of an angel without thinking about a ship. Bless the Lord. Right? right? Yeah. And this is what he says. We have an anchor of the soul, which is sure and steadfast. 
And I got to think about that anchor of the soul. And I think about boats and anchors. I think about the reason why that the captain of the ship has them to cast out the anchor. Listen to me now. It's because they want to stay where they're at. Bless the Lord, right. Y'all remember, y'all do remember, because Brother Bud preached on it five nights <laughs> out of Acts chapter number 28, 27. Remember he preached on the storm. Let me say this. I don't believe God did not send us all five of those messages by accident. That's right. Five nights we've been preached on the storm. Every single yeah. night preached on the storm. And what have we been going through since then? Bless the Lord. Can I say God don't make no accidents? No. But you know what you'll find when they cast out in, the, in that chapter? Yeah, they cast out four anchors. Yeah. Four anchors. You know what anchors are to do? Anchors are to keep you while the storm. They say they cast out those anchors if they wanted to stay where they're at, they cast out an anchor. But if they wanted to stay stable where they were at, they would cast out an anchor. And they would hold them still while the storm was raging. Because you all agree with me, storms have a way of knocking you all around. Amen. Storms have a way of moving you over here, and all of a sudden moving you over here. And one thing we find in storms is we're not real stable. Bless your heart. In and of ourselves. Yeah. If you've ever been in a boat when there's been a storm, you can justify that ships are not stable during storms. Yeah. Right. And they'll cast out anchors. But listen to what it says about these anchors. It says it's the anchor of the soul. And then it gives two, two characteristics about this anchor. He says, first of all, he says the anchor's sure. Yeah. Then he says the anchor's steadfast. I looked up those words. You know what the word sure means? You ready for this? Well, he says that it's sure. It speaks of the instructability of the anchor. Bless. Other words, it's indestructible. Right, amen. Hold on a second. When I think about a physical anchor, I can tell you, if we can go find story after story after story after story where a ship would cast out an anchor and they find out that that chain would break. Or they find out that that anchor would hold for a period of time, but then that anchor would break loose and it would not do the right thing. But you know what it says about this anchor? Mm. This anchor of the soul? It's sure. Right. It's indestructible. Bless the Lord. Can I say it like this? You can't break it. <laughs> Preacher, what if the storm gets real bad? The anchor. Listen, you might try to let go, but it ain't gonna let go of you. Hey, man. And you know something else? I love, I love the hand out of this. You know, when they cast out anchors, you know what they did? They cast it down. They yeah. no longer be visible. They would just hope somewhere way down there that it was here to God. But hold on a second, that's a physical anchor. Our anchor's not our anchor's not cast down. No. Our anchor is cast up. Amen. You know why? Our residence is in heaven. Right. And you know what they would do? They cast that anchor out and hoping that it would catch on to a rock. Right. And if that rock would hold that anchor from being able to move, well, you know what the Bible says our anchor of the soul is? Yeah. It's within the veil. Right. And you know what? When he talks about that within the veil, go back and read that within the law of our Old Testament economy. Within that veil was the Holy of Holies. And inside that veil was the, was the mercy seat. Amen. But he's talking about what's going on in heaven. Yeah. Within the veil in heaven, you know what that is? Mm. That's the throne of heaven. <laughs> Can I just ask y'all this morning a simple Bible question? Who's sitting on that throne? Bless the Lord. Lord Jesus on that throne. 
And you remember what I know the Bible says about him? Yes. He's a rock of ages. And the Bible says rock of ages, or the song I said rock of ages, let me, let me hide, let me hide my soul in thee. And can I say to you as a 19 year old, I've got the hatred of the soul. Listen, and the is within the veil. And it's in glory. And it's hooked to the rock of ages. And no matter how hard the winds blow, right. no matter how hard the waves be, I've got good news this morning. We're in the cleft of rock. We're hooked to the rock of hey, ages. Man. And no matter where the storms rage, we can make it through because our anchor is sure. But then he says it's steadfast. It's not only indestructible, but when we look at that word of steadfast, it's incorruptible. Yeah. It's not going to fade away. Anchors have a way of resting. Yeah. If they're not maintained. But you want to know something? Our Lord Jesus. He's our anchor of the soul. We're, we're hooked to him. Can I say to you this morning? We ain't got to worry about him fading away. Amen. We ain't got to worry about him being less God today than he was yesterday. No. But can I remind you? He was 100% God yesterday. He'll be 100% God tomorrow. And he's still 100% God today. Right. He, didn't, he didn't fade away yesterday. He ain't going to fade away tomorrow. And he ain't going to fade away today. He was God yesterday. Good, he's Lord. God today. And he'll be God tomorrow. He's God when everything was up. And he's God when everything's dead. He was God when everything's going right in your life. And he's God when everything's going wrong in your life. He's a God that is incorruptible. And thank God he never fades. Thank you, Lord. Talking about we got an anchor of the soul. But then I see promises that are unbreakable. Provisions that are unshakable. Well, lastly, I'm done right here. There's the person that is unmistakable. Look what verse 20 says. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I began to look at that phrase, forerunner. I'm almost done. Y'all stay with me. Don't throw me on the leash right Go ahead, brother. It says in verse 19 that that anchor is within the veil. Now he's using an Old Testament illustration to reveal a New Testament truth. Mind you, now he's talking about how that though the Old Testament things did what they were made to do in the Old Testament, we have something greater than the New Testament. That's right. While they had shadows, we have substance. We've got something that we can hold to. Well, they Thank will you, Lord. Have faith. Hear me, man. It says in verse 19 that that anchor will be the bed. But verse number 20 talks about when we have a forerunner. Now, begin to study this out as being this is what I found. They said when ships would begin to make its way toward the harbor, toward the docking port, they said that was one of the most critical parts of the whole ship, or the whole voyage. Was because the closer that they would get to getting to the harbor, they said that the pathway would begin to become more narrow and it get smaller. Because, you know, as you get closer to the harbor, the rocks are becoming up more high. Yeah. There's things that you visually can't see the closer you get to that harbor. So this is what they would do. They would let a little boat out. And they would hook that anchor of that ship to that little boat. And this was the job of that little boat. That little boat is what they call the front runner boat, the forerunner boat. And this is what its job would do. Its job was to go before the ship and to spot out everything 
and make sure that they would keep their eye out for the rocks that were too high. Knowing that if that boat, if that ship was to come with that dock, if it was to go that way, it would hit a rock and it would damage the boat. But what that little runner would do is that boat would go and it would carry that anchor, that chain, and it would go. And it would go this way and it would mark this way. And what it would do is it would get to the dock. Bless the Lord. And it would hook it to this side. And it would let that captain know that it was safe to be able to carry on. Because somebody had gone before them. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you know what that captain of that ship would do? It says, all right, boys, let's, just, let's set the sails. Let's go. And they would follow that, that chain would pull them as safely to the shore. And they didn't have to worry about rocks. They didn't have to worry about things they couldn't Bless see. You, because somebody had gone ahead of them. Yeah. Go ahead. I wish I had a Bible reading to help you this morning. Bless you. I said somebody had gone ahead of them. Amen. And you know what the Bible tells us about our forerunner? It's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know what the Bible tells us? He's gone ahead of us. You see that high priest? He was just a representative. Yeah. He couldn't listen. You couldn't go where he went. Go ahead. He went behind the veil. You couldn't go. But you know what the Bible says when Jesus died? That veil was ripped from top yeah, to That lets us know we can go now right. where it used to couldn't go. I got the picture in my mind. When that veil was written from top to bottom, I could see Jesus when he come out of that womb. I could see a picture this in my mind. When he come out of that womb of the Virgin Mary, he had that anchor of a soul. Yeah, After 33 and a half years of his life, he carried that anchor of a soul. And he said, you know what? There's going to come a day when that old ship is on. It's going to be a church. The church don't know what that is. That's a church. Amen. Go the church is going to come. And they're going to know where they need to go. And they're going to know how they're going to get there. And you know what Jesus Christ did? He carried that anchor of the soul. Yes. After 33 and a half years, he went through some jagged areas. He went up some mountains. He went down through some valleys. But thank God on Blake Calvary. And he gave his life ransom for many. He died for all. And that veil was ripped from top to bottom. You know what he did? Yeah. He hooked that anchor to the very throne of heaven. Amen. And you know what else he did? He looked back in the church and said, Now. Y'all can make it safely home. Amen. You know what we're doing right now? Right. It ain't time to jump ship. Somebody help me. Go ahead. Just stay on the old ship's eye. Because we got somebody that's holding on to us. I don't know how long it's going to be yeah. until we come to the dock. I don't know how long it's going to be until we come to the harbor. Go ahead. But I've got good news. We've got someone that's holding on to us that we can't even hold on to ourselves. But thank God his grip don't slip. And you know what we're finding ourselves doing? We're just trusting that thank God that that anchor is going to hold us till the storm passes by. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can I say to you? We're going to make it. Yes, we are. Thank you, Lord. Not because of who we are. No. But because of who we are. Hello. How are we going to make it, preacher? Same way we always made it. We're going to make it by God. Amen. Through His grace. That's it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, the anchor holds in spite of the storms. Yes, it does. I wrote this down. The anchor holds despite adversities and afflictions. Yeah. The anchor holds despite burdens and battles. The anchor, the, the, the anchor holds despite chaos and confusion. The anchor holds despite discouragement and even death. Amen. The anchor holds despite there be enemies. And despite there be evils, the anchor still holds. The anchor holds despite foes and follies. The anchor still holds. The anchor holds despite grief and gloom. The anchor holds. Amen. The anchor holds despite heartaches and hopelessness. The anchor still holds. The anchor holds in loneliness and loss. 
It holds in misery and misfortune. It holds despite you have need. Or maybe if you don't even have nothing, the anchor still holds. The anchor holds in problems and in pain. The anchor holds in rejection and remorse. The anchor holds in stress and in struggles. The anchor holds in troubles and in trials. And the anchor holds in wars and in weariness. Our anchor, our anchor holds. Can I say to you this morning, church, the anchor holds despite the storms that are raging. But Donnie, if you would, brother, you come to the piano this morning. Everybody standing this morning.